Good morning, Tomoka. How is everyone this morning? Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord today, to be able to worship him, to praise him, and to know how small we are, but how great our God is. I think we get in today's time and we think about that. And a lot of times we lose perspective of what that is, what that really looks like. We lose perspective of what it is. And if you guys were here last week, Aaron was talking about a hardened heart. You know, and I think when we look at today's society, we would say, absolutely, hearts are getting harder and harder. But my question is, is this, how are we as a church? How are we as the church and the body of Christ? How is our heart? Do we care to absorb? Do we care to hear? Do we care to know what the word of God says? Our foundation is not made on concrete. Our foundation is not made on the things that we stand on. Our foundation is made on that of Christ Jesus alone. That is where our faith and our hope and our trust comes from. I echo what Aaron said last week. There's something about being backstage. And as you're praying and you're preparing yourself to just be a mouthpiece of God, you hear your voices bellowing over that wall. And it breaks you. It humbles you. Because you guys love the Lord so much. That's why we come into the house of God. Not that we're worthy. And as he said, as Aaron said, not that we bring anything to the table. But God can use us to change us. And Mark, the whole gospel of Mark has been talking about that over and over and over again. And I want to ask you a question. What comes to your mind? What comes to your mind when you hear the word healing? When you hear the word healing. Now, for a lot of us, that means different things. Some of us have seen miracles or seen healings happen in front of our face. Some of us wish that we would have healing on ourselves, even at the age of 44 and having five back surgeries and the pains of just getting up in the morning. You're like, Lord, please heal me so I can get up. But when we think of healing, do we see healings today? Church, I want to tell you this question or I want to answer this question for you. If you don't see healings today and Jesus working today, get on your knees and pray. That he'll soften your heart because he's still alive. He's still doing miracles. He's still working to this day. Let's dig into the scripture. Uh, The scripture is going to be Mark chapter 8 verses 22 through 26. It says, they came from Bethsaida and some of the people brought a blind man begging Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out to the village. When he spit on his eyes... And put his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hand on the man's eyes. When his eyes were open, his sight was restored. He saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't go into the village. 
Now, I think there's a few points of this scripture that, that we see, that we absorb, that we catch, but I think there's some that we miss. So we're going to kind of work through this scripture today and going through this. Um, when we look at this, first off, you guys got to understand back in that day, people were afraid. If you had leprosy, if you had any kind of deformity, if you had anything that was against you, people looked at you as being downcast and afraid of to even be around. They were even afraid to come into your presence, right? They were even afraid to come in to grip with you. Well, what happened in leprosy? You guys remember whenever you had leprosy, you had to be on the other side of the road and you had to yell out what? Unclean, unclean. But Jesus never afraid from those people. These people sought after Jesus because they had faith that he could heal them. This blind man had nothing else to lose and says, I need to come where I can touch Jesus. And what did he do? Jesus touched him and healed him. If we look back at John chapter 9, um, if you guys remember back into this, um, it was talking about um, as he went along, a blind uh, man uh, was, uh, was blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, the man or the woman? Literally everybody, even his disciples thought that this was a history thing. This was what somebody else did. But we have to understand the physical elements, the physical conditions that we have. Stand no barriers and put no walls up in front of our Lord and Savior. He can heal it all. He can change it all. If you come to him and have faith in that. Do we have courage to seek and to be healed? Do we have the courage to seek and to be healed? Now there's two things there. First off, you've got to have courage to go. You have to have courage to seek after Jesus and say, Jesus, I have full faith That you can heal me and I want to be healed. But there's a difference between being needed to be healed and wanting to be healed. We see that day in and day out. Let me ask this question. Has the church ever hurt you? Has the church ever hurt you? Now I think when we think of that question, we have to understand this. The church is the bride of Christ, which is Christ centered, Christ sought out and Christ minded and Christ forward. So the church hasn't hurt people. We as people have hurt people. We have to understand that when we want to come to a purity, when we come to an understanding, we have to find that of Jesus Christ because he is the only pure, holy person that walked on this earth. So church, do you believe that? Do you live that? And do you serve our Lord and Savior as that? You have to live with a purpose. Live life with a purpose. And I think from time to time, churches miss and forget what their purpose is. I think from time to time, churches miss and forget what their calling is. And they get out of their quote unquote lane. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and what? Find me when you seek me with what? All, all of your heart. Church, it's not about being lukewarm. We're told that in Revelations 3, right? We're told about what happens if we're lukewarm. We will what be spewed out of the mouth of Christ. 
We will be spewed out of his mouth because Jesus wants people committed and loving him and about him. Well, let me rattle off some. And I want you guys to understand this. There's something about the touch of Jesus. Some of these scriptures are some that you guys have just went through. Mark chapter 1 and verse uh, 31, it says, So he went and he took her. Now, this is Simon's uh, mother-in-law uh, that had a fever. And he took her by her hand and helped her up. And the fever was gone. A few verses later, in verse 41, the man with leprosy came, right? So this is talking about this. He says, he reached out his hand and touched him. And the man with leprosy was what? Healed. And it was gone. Mark 3.10 says, for he has healed many so that those diseases were pushed toward and they went to touch him. Mark 5, 22 and 23 says, Then when the synagogue leaders, um, they came out and they saw Jesus and they fell at his feet and they pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come, put your hands on her so that she can be healed and live. Church, Satan knows that Jesus saves. Satan knows that Jesus heals. Satan knows that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's perfect plan. That is why he is terrified. And he is pulling out all things possible to keep people away from eternity with Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. Have we ever said, Lord, please come back now? Be honest. We all said that, right? We're all ready at this point in time in life. We're like ready to come back. But that's the way we think. Hear me out on this church. Hear me out on this. Why is Jesus waiting? First off, his timing is perfect. Second off, he sees children of his that are lost. That he wants to save. So church our work is not done. Our work is not over with. Where we sit. The halls we walk in. The communities we live in. The places we go shop. That is the mission field. And Christ can use you in any way. And then maybe it's carrying a bag out. Maybe it's just loving on somebody. Maybe it's just sitting down to listen. Because how often do we do that? We're too busy with our day-to-day schedules. Our phone rings. Sorry, I got to pick up my phone. I got to see who it is. Well, church, if we pick up Jesus every time he called, would we answer it or would we run from it? Church, scripture today is answer the call and live the life. We have to understand that the untouchables, the ones that, that people wanted to push aside, Jesus went after. So what are we supposed to do as Christians? Live as who lived? As Christ lived. Live as Jesus lived. Do not be afraid. Do not judge. Our job is not to judge. Our job is to bring people into the foot of Christ and allow him to convict them. What did Joe talk about on Sunday? What happens with conviction? You want to change, right? We live in a world that we want to, to, to be a part of a change and part of a movement. 
well, we better be on the Jesus train because we know what the end point is. Do we have the faith to believe and he will heal? He is a personal God. He is a personal savior. He's not one of these that sits up on our throne and says, I'm higher and mighty than you and I don't care about you. Jesus is the one that cries when we cry. He rejoices when we rejoice. He loves us because we need him to love us. And church, I will tell you, I've been blessed in my life over and over and over again. By godly parents and by a godly family. And a family that has been tight, that has been close. I'm from North Carolina, God's country, right? Go Tar Heels. Absolutely. I got a few hands on that one, so that's always great. You know, he is a Tar Heel fan. Look at the sky. But what makes North Carolina home and makes it family? Well, family is what? Where the heart is. And Jesus is my home. Jesus is what I seek after. Jesus is what I love. Jesus is what I want to serve every day about. And Mark's account of this is the only gospel that is done. Now, why does it take two times for this? One, I think that happens with healing is, is that it takes time for people to be healed. Church, do you agree with that? Because some of you have been through some areas and times in your life, it's not snap over the finger and it's over with. It takes time. And some of that cure in that time is eternity with heaven, with Jesus in heaven. We have to understand that Jesus is the fulfillment. And many of you guys have had much more experience in life and uh, life lessons But I over and over and over hear that the Old Testament is the Old Testament and it's old. And it doesn't matter anymore. Church, I will tell you, if that's the way you think today, pick up the word of God and look at it. Because it's constantly referring back and forth to the same, back and forth to scripture. Isaiah 35 verses 4 through 6 says, Say to those with fearful hearts, what? Be strong and do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. He will come with divine retribution. He will come to what? Save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf stop, or the ears of death be unstopped. Will the lame leap like deer and the mute tongue shout for joy? Waters will gush forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. Church, this scripture is showing again how Jesus is the fulfillment to the law that God put out. So do we believe? Do we have that? Do we understand that? Do, are we encouragers to want to bring one another? Meaning when we look around us, are we ashamed of what people come into or are we proud of what people come into? Well, if Jesus is the center of it, you should never once be proud. You should never once be afraid. You should never once be ashamed of because he is our Lord and Savior that offers salvation to us all. So church, are we encouraging one another to come? 
Are we seeing this? There throughout Scripture, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, take any of the Gospels and take any of the Scripture at all. What happens to all these people that are, that are disabled? There are people that bring them that are unnamed. We don't know those people, right? Think about the paralyzed man that is brought on top of the roof, right? What happens? They brought him on top of the roof. Now, this wasn't like one of those that you run by Lowe's and say, hey, let me pick up some rope to lower this guy because we're going to have to do this. They did not stop at anything so that their friend could get to the grips of Jesus Christ. So we cannot stop at a roof. We have to be able and willing to pull back that roof, to lower down our friends, to bring our friends to the foot of the cross so that they can have eternity with Christ. Let nothing stand in our way. The obedience to obey and to go as he has told us to go. We have to have the obedience to go, not be afraid of it, and let nothing stand in our way. So church, we all have a story, right? We all have a testimony. Well, let me share something with you. Um, me and my wife, we got married in 2005. And uh, from Memphis, Tennessee, lived there, got married, um, had, had a great marriage at, at the beginning. And then we were blessed with a baby boy in 2012. And his name was Christopher. And he, he's, he's a bundle of joy. Unfortunately, he's a spitting image of me. Um, so I feel sorry for him. But, um, you know, so we went through life. And having a child was not necessarily the easiest thing for us. But we were blessed in God's timing to do that. Well, let's fast forward to, to 2017. 2017 on uh, December the 4th, uh, my wife had a baby girl. And this baby girl, her name was Chloe. And she was just a cute bundle. She was small. She was tiny. She was, uh, you know, but it was a blessing from God. Well, two weeks later, she had, um, I, I was uh, at work and my wife had called me and she said, you know, I'm just worried for Chloe. Um, I'm scared. She's not eating. If I try to feed her. Um, she's throwing that up. I'm just worried. And I will tell you, there's something about a mother's intuition and women, you have more insight and more of a connection to, to God because first off you listen, guys don't. So I came home and I said, I I'll take care of it. So I come home, I try to feed her and she gets sick again. Something's wrong with our daughter. We're not really sure what it is or what's going on. So what do we do? We go to the hospital. Well, as we're sitting in the hospital, um, we're there and they're like, I'm sorry. Um, we've just called life flight. Um, you have to be transported to Laboner. And as a father, I'm like, I can fix this. I'm a dad. I can fix these things. But we spent Christmas that year with this being the look. My daughter was laying in bed with RSV, respiratory system virus. And as a dad, as a man, first, my first thought was my wife is going to flip out at trying to fly in a helicopter. 
Um, and they said, no, they're on ground. So they transport her by an ambulance down there. So my wife went with her. And the whole time I'm driving down Poplar Avenue praying, God, please, I need you. I need you. Fix this. This needs to be fixed. We get to the hospital. I go up to the room and all these doctors, all these nurses are around her taking care of her, doing what they need to do. And so what do you do as a dad in that situation? You've got to step back. And you've got to give her over to the professionals to, to help her. And this was our look at Christmas time. And the whole time I laid that night and I looked over, she looked like this. My wife finally fell asleep for a few minutes to get some sleep. And I was sitting in the hospital room and I was looking up and I was like, why God? Why can't I fix this? Jesus, I need you. I need your healing. I need your power to come. And what does Jesus do when we cry out to him and we need him? He comes, he hears, he heals, whatever that may be. And I stand before you today in 2023 that my God is real and that my God still does miracles. Because this little girl that laid in bed with oxygen running up her nose at like 40 miles an hour so that she could breathe, this is what she looks like today. That is the grace of God. That is God's healing power. So when somebody says Jesus is not alive and well and still doing miracles, I've got a life story to tell them. And I'm not afraid to. What does Matthew 28 talk about? It says, go and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the end of the age. Church, Jesus is alive. He is well and he is moving today. Do you want to be a part of that? You have an option to walk into a gym. You can be on the court and play in the game or sit in the stands. But he never calls us to sit in the stands. He calls us to get to work and go after his, who he is. My question today in closing is, is do you care to be healed? Do you care to be healed? Father, today we come to open our hearts, to open our minds. And Father, be real with you. Father, I have to praise you for always being alive in my life. For even the times that I turn away. But Father, I praise you for healing Chloe. I praise you for blessing us with a beautiful and healthy family. Father, I praise you for moving in my life in ways that I don't deserve. But Father, today we come to be real. Maybe somebody in this room brought us here and that's what you, that's what you asked for, for us to bring people to you. But Father, maybe we sit in this room and we need to be healed. Maybe we sit in this room and we need to be changed. And we need to find you. Father, get Satan out of our lives and let us be healed by you.